0: Welcome. I'm Scott. If you're visiting on the Pastorate Adventure, you can be seated. I'm thrilled to be with you this morning. I'm thrilled the wind's not blowing anymore. I'm thrilled there's sunny skies. And I'm just out of curiosity, how many of you have more than one panel of fence that needs to be replaced in your backyard? All right, I want numbers. Who's over three? Five? Six? Okay. Who's over four? Oh, five? Six? Seven, eight, nine, ten? Who's got 11? Oh, I do. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there was, on, on Wednesday or Thursday night of last week, we looked out our backyard, and our side fence looked like a sail. <laughs> it was a blast. Yeah. the Yeah. All right, so that's the end of saving money this month. That didn't start right, did it? No, it did actually. Hey, it's great to have you this morning. We're in a series. Uh, Let me back up. I already told you my name was Scott, but just in case you were distracted in any way, I'm Scott. I'm the Pastor at Adventure. Today, we're answering the question, this year, what will we do? This year, I will. We've been asking that question all month. What is it that Not that you want to do that, but maybe what is it that the Holy Spirit, Jesus Spirit, is prompting you to do this year? What is it? And I want to begin that question with this question that I want to answer today. Here's the question I want to answer today. Do you have friends that are making you better? Do you have friends in your life that are helping you get better? Do you have friends that are moving the needle in your life and helping you get better at doing life, at marriage and family life, at managing your finances, at maintaining good health and fitness, at getting better at your profession, becoming a better dad, a better mom, a better husband, a better wife, a better student, a better child? Do you have friends in your life that are helping you get better? And I got to tell you, sometimes that as that topic excites me, I don't always want to hang out with friends. I don't. Uh, last weekend, our friends called on Saturday and said, hey, you want to hang out? You want to have dinner at one of my favorite restaurants, DeVere's downtown? Oh, it's good living. No, I don't want to go. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't, do you know how far it is to get to downtown? <laughs> That's forever. I don't want to go downtown. I want to just be at home. If, if my friends want to be with me, I said, just come on over to my house. And they said, no, we don't want to come to your house. We want to meet with you downtown. And I told my wife, I just don't have it in me. I just don't want to just, I don't want to leave. And she said, you know, Scott, sometimes when you're with your friends, it helps you kind of forget about yourself. And I replied, but I don't want to forget about myself. <laughs> I like thinking about my problems, right? I like, what, I like that. No, but see, what's so fun, she said, is if you go out and hang out with your friends, you stop thinking about what's on your mind. That doesn't sound very fun to me. Isn't it amazing that what we need the most in our lives often is the very thing we're the the most disinterested in. When you need to go out and spend time with people, it's the last thing you want to do. And so this has been an area in my life where my wife's really helped me grow, where I get excited. Now, I did go with my friends. We had a fantastic evening. (laughs) She's always right. But I ask you today, do you have friends that are helping you get better? You know, we know that the scriptures teach bad company corrupts good morals. Okay? But good company raises the needle in your character. We got chairs up here. Come on up here, please. We're thrilled, We're thrilled to have anybody anytime right here, right now. Put your hands together for these folks. Come on up. <laughs> thrilled to have you. But you know what? The truth is, in our country, fewer and fewer of us have friends. The trouble in our country is fewer and fewer of us have friends. 25 years ago, the average American had six friends. Today, the average American has two friends. 25% of Americans have zero friends. Now, I'm not counting all their friends that they have on Facebook. I'm talking about, yeah. I'm talking about true friends that you sit down with eye to eye, face to face, put your phones down, and do life together. Do you have those kind of friends? I'll tell you, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You're the average of your five closest friends. Your friends say more about your trajectory than anything. Do you have friends that are helping you get better? And here's the interesting piece. In our country today, Americans are saying their number one aspiration in 2017 is to become a better person, number one to become a better person, to lose weight, exercise more, spend less, save more, and eat healthy. Sound right? Number 1 is to become a better person. And last week we said that a lot of times where we start in becoming better people is we think I got to become a better performer. I've got to become a better worker, better employee, I got to work smarter, more efficiently, be more disciplined. I got to go to work. You know, you got you you think That's where it starts, to become a better person. And the last thing we think about is, you know what? I need more character. I actually need to grow in being the same person in public that I am in private. Few of us really land on that as a high high value. But last week we talked about the fact that you may have more talent than your character can sustain. And you, we didn't reference any of social media's references of all the figures and, and people we even know who are exemplary in their achievements, but because their talent is not sustainable by their character, they lose everything. I want to suggest today, there's another area in your life that will help you become the kind of person you're intended to be. And it's in the area of your relationships. Who have you allowed into your life that is helping you get better? And these kind of people, by the way, you don't always want to be with. They challenge you. <laughs> they, they are willing to say, hey, you don't look so good. What's going on? <laughs> Everything all right? Anything I can help with? These kind of friends are the ones that take a lot of humility to be around sometimes because they're not afraid to call you out. They're not mean. They're just good friends. Wouldn't you like to have a friend or two or ten with whom you grow old? A friend or two with whom you travel? internationally, you do a trip to London, you do a trip to Tuscany, you do a trip to Bakersfield, I mean, you'll go anywhere together. (laughs) Wouldn't you like to have friends like that? Wouldn't you like to have a friend, and we have some of these, that will just show up at your house unannounced? How's it going? Well, good. Come on in. That's friend. I challenge you this week, find out who your friends are, show up unannounced. That's fun. Ask them, hey, what's in the fridge? What do you got? True friends are friends with whom you share refrigerator rights. You let them come in and see what's in the fridge. And they open it up and they, uh, they see in the freezer you've got leftover uh, ice cream cake. Uh, they see in the freezer leftover shakes. I thought you were committed to a diet this year. They see, uh, maybe you let them in the garage fridge where all your beverages are, and you're like, wow, you are a partier. (laughs) Or you you let them open the the other, the cooler side, the warmer side of your fridge, and uh, they see, wow, what's in the back here? Wow, you sure have let that grow. (laughs) Real friends extend refrigerator rights. You, just like you open the wide door of a refrigerator, if you've got a real friend, you open the wide door of your heart, you trust them to speak into it. Do you have friends like that that are helping you get better? Would you like to know simple step in getting there? Simple step today. We're going to give you actually a take home today to get there and to start having friends with whom you do life. I love what I read this week written by C.S. Lewis years ago. He said this. There is no greater good, there is no greater wealth of goods in life than having friends. There is no greater of worldly good in life, worldly goods, than friends. My advice, he says, to People is do whatever it is possible to live close to your friends. Right now we live in the Sacramento, greater Placer County area where we have opportunity to do life with friends. My prayer is that this year for you, you will position yourself to get better because of the friends you surround yourself by, the friends you give refrigerator rights to. And uh, who knows what is around the corner in 2017 for you. But I can tell you, for me, 2016, without friends praying for me, without friends supporting my family, without friends leading us into this building, there would have been some moments of real hopelessness. How do we get to the place where we have friends that make us better? If you came this morning with your Bible, I want to challenge you to open it to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I'm just going to do a very uh, surface look at a couple verses that I think will help us, will remind us of how important it is to prioritize our friendships. If you brought your smartphone, just uh, Google E-C-C-L 4 and it'll come up. Here it is. I'm going to read from verses 9 and 10 of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, and I'll ask you to participate in the reading if you're able. Here it is. Two are better than one. What's better than one? Two. (laughs) Because they have a good return for their labor. What do they have a good return for? Their labor. If either of them falls down, one help you up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Who do we pity? You pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. Is, is, do we have a choice in our life as to whether or not we're alone? Do we have a choice in our life as to whether or not when we fall, there is or is not someone there to help us up? Is, is being alone a choice? This morning, what I want to suggest firstly is that the key to surrounding yourself with friends that help you get better is to get in a group with people who will support you. Get in a group with people who will support you. Get in a group with people who have your best interest in mind so that when you fall down, they're there to help support you. There's something about our interaction with other Christians that is mysterious, that is just beautiful. And Larry, uh, Dr. Larry Crabb actually captures this well. He says, when two people really connect, something is poured out of one and into the other that has the power to heal the soul of its deepest wounds and restores it to health. It's there waiting to be released and work its magic, but you have to be connected. If you get connected, it's a whole lot cheaper than paying for counseling. If you get connected with people, it's, it's amazing how much strength it can give you at work, in managing your family life, in working on some of your fitness goals. It's having friends. This is an old, old metaphor, an old example that comes from creation. You know these numbers, but maybe you don't, you're not aware of the third number. You're aware that a solo draft horse, now I'm revealing my childish IQ here, a solo draft horse can pull up to 8,000 pounds. Okay, Solo draft horse. Can we get that picture of the, of the draft horses with the numbers on it? A solo draft horse can pull up to 8,000 pounds. You put two draft horses together, you would think that they would pull twice the amount of a solo draft horse. No, they pull three times the amount. They pull 24,000 pounds. But here's what I found interesting, and researchers have, uh, again, shared in light of what can happen when companies and people corroborate and communicate well. What, what is also true about two draft horses that are harnessed together, if they've trained together and they have worked together over a season, the two of them can pull 32,000 pounds because of their chemistry and their having worked together over a season. What does that say about the potential of friendships in our life? What does that say about the the kind of support that's out there? I was listening to one uh, doctor say that we don't ask enough of our friends. In fact, he argues if you ask a little commitment of your friends, they'll poo-poo you. (laughs) Yeah, come on. Have a little more respect. You ask a lot of your friends, they'll rise to the occasion. We don't ask enough of our friends. We don't lean on them enough. We ask a whole lot, oh my word, that can be a rich future for us. What could your life look like if you were really close to some friends? You're going to get the kind of support that you need. You'll get the kind of support that you need, and your trajectory will be different because you prioritize being with friends. Secondly, if you prioritize friendships, that means that you... Get in a group that gives you support. And the best kind of support you can get is getting in a group that will pray for you. Getting in a group that will pray for you. Jesus' brother said it this way, that if we will confess our sins to one another, admit our weaknesses, and pray for each other, we'll find healing. Who in your life, what friend, have you allowed or given refrigerator rights in your life to pray for you, to pray for your family, to pray for your kids, your kids, to pray for your job transition coming up this year, to pray for the hopes and dreams that you have. Who is it? Who's praying for you? I can tell you, my 2016 wouldn't have been what it was without family and friends praying for me. Uh, you're going to get a letter from me here in a couple weeks where I ask for continual prayer for my leadership development, my communication uh, development, because I want God's people praying for me. Don't you want people praying for you? It was pretty sweet, and I got permission to share this story this week. We have a precious uh, mom in our congregation. Uh, She's a first-generation Christian from a Hindu faith. She accepted Christ about three years ago. She felt Jesus just called her to call her to come to this church, and she placed faith in Jesus. We baptized her at the club at Natomas Park, a good use of my HOA fund, and uh, baptized her there in the spot. It was a wonderful woman. A couple years ago, she had a challenging, uh, uh, unlawful termination, and uh, that's what really uh, employment termination, that's what really drove her to come to services. Didn't know why. She just felt like she needed to be here. And uh, last week, last Monday, she did what she normally does. She got out of her, out of, was going out to her car. She remembered that she needed to pull the trash cans in. She pulled them in and then went in the house to wash her hands off. And you can imagine what might have happened. She walked into the garage and there was someone else in her car. And uh, she backed out. And this gal, her name's Sheena, she walked out after the car. She walked right on out, stood right in front of the guy who was in her car, and said, you should not be doing this. I wasn't pointing to any of you in particular there. <laughs> you should not be doing this. This is wrong. And the driver got huge bug eyes. And, you know, she put her own life in jeopardy standing in front of her car. And uh, this driver backed up and then drove away. And she called us on Monday and met with us uh, last week. And just said, hey, this has been traumatic for me. I had, I had to take uh, some time off work. And, and then she shared this with us. She said, I'm praying for him. I'm praying that he will realize what he did was wrong. And I'm praying that he will turn my sound system on and listen to all the praise music, glorifying Jesus, honoring Jesus that's going to be on my radio. And I'm praying that when my car, her car has a driver recognition driver recognition sensor, so it recognizes whether or not she's driving, and her car, after a short time, will just stop because she's not driving. She's praying that when her car stops and he reaches into her glove compartment to figure out why the car stops, that when, when he grabs that four-inch-thick Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, that he will open it and discover maybe this wasn't a good idea. <laughs> she just asked us to pray. Who's praying for you? When you experience something totally unexpected, who's praying? Who's, who, do you, who have you given refrigerator rights in your life to pray for you? Because if no one's praying, you could be more vulnerable to hopelessness and loneliness than you could ever imagine. But she kept praying. She came in today, and she said, huh, I got a call from SAC PD. They said, my car, they have my car. I saw it. It's in perfect condition. It stopped at somebody's house. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? You steal a car and it turns off on your driveway. Nightmare. (laughs) And uh, they said, everything looks good. And my Bible was left on the front passenger seat for me to get. We need people praying for us during seasons in our life we never would have expected. She also shared, and gave me permission to share, that this wrongful termination, this company that uh, executed this, reached out to her this week and said, uh, in the last two weeks, and said, hey, uh, we're not going to pursue this. We want to settle. They cut her a check. And uh, just she felt like that just redeemed her whole situation. She came to adventure and said, thank you for praying. So here's my question. Do you have friends in your life that are praying about the kind of performance achievement that you you feel like God's packaged in here for you? Do you have friends in your life who's praying for your character development? Who's asking you in your life, how you doing? Who's asking in your life, how you doing? Who's asking you in your life, hey, how you doing? Are you giving anyone that kind of access? That kind of access is what, that kind of accountability is what helps grow you. You know that. Some of you are in fitness. You know accountability is critical. Some of you are in other fields. Accountability is critical. Classic book I've read on on parenting, in my mind, is Angela Duckworth's book, Grit. Boy, it's all about, especially when our kids are young, helping them stick with what they're doing, helping them finish, keeping them accountable to just keep finishing because that's what builds that long-term grit that sustains adults and keeps them trending and thriving. (laughs) How How do you put yourself in a position where you surround yourself with people who help you get better? You get in a group. You get in a group. Think about it. Jesus, when he started his ministry, what did he do? He started a group. Peter, James, John, and then the other nine. He started a group. If Jesus needed a group, and he did, the scripture says that he selected a group and the group's job description was to preach for him. The group's job description was to cast out demons. That would have been a, a tough thing. And then just to support him and be with him. If Jesus needed a group, by what reason would we say we don't need a group? I love what John, how John Ortberg describes our need for a group. Ortberg, FYI, is a pastor at a church in the Stanford area presbyterian church there incredible man he writes god uses people to form people that's why what happens between you and another person is never merely human to human interaction the spirit longs to be powerfully at work in every encounter i say it this way an invitation to a relationship is a holy thing it's an invitation from jesus often Today's challenge is for you to get in a group. We have lots of groups here at Adventure. Uh, we have groups for guys, groups for gals, ladies and men. We have groups for couples. Uh, we have uh, groups that singles can fit in, and they meet at every time during the week. And I know some of you might be thinking, hey, I'm, I'm too tired to do this. I'm fatigued. I don't have time for a group. You're lucky I'm here right now. You better hurry up or I'm out of here. Yeah, you're, you're beat and you're tired. Here's what I want to suggest. View being in a group like you do training in a sport. You know, when you train in a sport, you do stuff you don't want to do. You don't wake up every day and think, I'm going to go beat, I'm going to go pound it today. You might feel that way once. Did I say I was going to do this? Usually, you start thinking, do I have to do this today? Do I have to do this today? Really, did I say I was going to do this? You go through all this. View social engagement as training, as relational training, as EQ training. In fact, I I won't spoil the film, so I won't mention it or its actor, but I liked this piece of this actor who struggled with, in in the role he was cast, struggled with um, functioning autism. And he was very sensitive to loud noises and touch. And for him to work, he had to grow capable of dealing with noise and touch. So every morning he would get up and he would Aggressively massage his shins, and he would blast rock music super loud. Let me say, social engagement can be viewed as a discipline for you to get out, deny yourself, and hear from the Holy Spirit. Do it. And I, I realize some of you are total introverts. I'm not that far from you. I'm kind of in the middle. So I get when you don't want to social, socially engage. There's something there for you when you socially engage. It's awesome, okay? So fatigue, view it as training. Second challenge people have is figuring out the kids. And I I haven't had young kids in a long time. Um, I've encouraged Melissa to consider having more children. She gives me a stone face, not interested at all. Uh, But I can tell you we've had success in our home by having childcare a few doors down where we actually hired someone to watch our kids, and we enjoyed an evening together as adults. And those moms were just like, oh, this is so nice. I mean, it was a great gift to them. It can work. But figuring out the kids just takes some strategy that you're going to hear about if you choose to sign up for a group today. Finding time. One thing I like about our groups is it's, it's not until death do you part commitment. You sign up for a group. If you like it, you stay. If you don't, you leave. And it's not forever. <laughs> we don't ask you to commit From February 5th through February 5th of 2018. We ask you to consider just staying in through the spring month and then bouncing and going someplace else if that works for you. Sometimes the fear of rejection can be awkward. You have weird issues just like I do, okay? I got some weird issues where I can be fearful of rejection. I might not want to go into a social group, but here's something I've realized that Craig Rochelle says very well. If you're afraid of rejection, remember that people connect with your weaknesses way better than they do your strengths. There's a temptation to think, I got to bring my best game. People don't connect with your strengths. They connect with your weaknesses, right? So don't don't be ashamed of who you are. Be comfortable in your own skin, okay? And then lastly, the biggest challenge is football. or or NCAA basketball or NBA or whatever you or whatever you like cricket uh, you it's how do I how do I fit this in and hey i get that you got to have your 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 time right or ladies uh, how many of you ladies are fixated on greatest british cook off is that what that is baking show oh mrs oh you are yeah I mean, that show, man, that's a rock your world show, man. Very good for, uh... anyways. So, uh, whatever it is, we have groups that meet all the time. And here's my bottom line. I don't think we become who God intends us to be when we're alone. When we always have to replenish by being alone, when we always choose Netflix binging uh, to replenish, When we always choose to be alone, here's the deal. I don't think we get to become who God intends us to be. Being alone can be super dangerous. What what were the first words God spoke? Some of the first words, it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good. A little bit of it? Yeah, you need a little bit of it. Do you need it all the time? (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) You need to get in a group. And so I want you to consider it, getting in a group. Uh this, this, uh this winter, you may be here maybe for the first time in church in a long time. I want to just take a moment for you that maybe have felt really distant from God and tell you that Jesus was and is the best friend you'll ever have. The scriptures that talk about his life say that he was a friend of sinners. If you met him in the first century, you would think, wow, I like that guy. I want to get to know that guy. There's something about him that's just ridiculous. And, and he said something else. He said that greater love hath no man than this, than when a friend lays down his life for another friend. And at the, his whole life purpose was not just to show us who the Father was, who God in heaven was, but his whole life purpose was to bring you together in relationship with God. And he did that. By paying the price, the the penalty for our selfishness, as I mentioned earlier, our selfishness that separated us from God, He paid the penalty that that selfishness and self-absorption and that weirdness deserved. When He offered Himself, initially reluctantly, but then but then increasingly with joy and submission, He offered Himself as a substitutionary death on that cross, a cross very much like that. He suffered a barbaric death so that we could have a relationship with him. And if you've never made a decision to believe that Jesus is the best friend you'll ever have, that wants peace and joy in your life, I want to give you a chance to do that today. For the rest of you, I want to encourage you to get in a group today. If you're not already in one, get in a group. And for those of you that have been leading a group, be thinking about perhaps Getting in another group where you just let someone else speak to you. Just listen. You can learn from anybody. And uh, on your way out, you're going to have a chance. There's a real handsome guy in the lobby who's uh, got a group sign up. And uh, you, can, you can go there and sign up and uh, take that next step. Here's what I imagine. And I've been here for, I've been in this community for, I'm, going, I'm in my 14th year. I've been in this region for going on 21, I think. I imagine there are people in here that I will grow old with. There are people in here that I will travel with. Um, there are people in here that uh, that I will go through life with, with our kids and grandkids together. And I believe what C.S. Lewis said: there is no greater good than the value of friends. Do whatever you can to move close to them, because that that's where the real. That's where the real life is—the abundant life. Let's take a moment. Take a moment by yourself and just uh, contemplate this idea. Do I have friends that are making me better? Do I have friends that are making me better? Do I give to whom do I give refrigerator rights in my life? Who gets to look at the freezer? Who gets to look in the back shelf? Of my life? Who gets to access the garage fridge in my life? Who do I give that to? How about a tougher question? Do I have friends? Do I have one? Am I in that 25% in, in our country that doesn't have any? Answer the question who's praying for me? Who's praying for my family, my marriage, my job, my health? If you're here today and you've recognized, you know what we need to we need to we need to dive into a group this year. We need to do this. Just do this and just see what God'll do. If that's you, just raise your hand. I want to celebrate you're saying yeah, I need to do this. Yeah, 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 you got me. All right. I need to do this. Great. Several hands. Only 5. I'd like to see more. Okay, there's more. Great. Good. Good. Great. Several of you need to get in a group. Praise the Lord. Others of you? Anybody else? Good. Super. Yes. Great. More? More groups? Good. Got Is there someone here that's saying, you know what? I had no idea Jesus was the best friend I could ever have. I had no idea that he had me in mind when he willingly, joyfully suffered so that I could be forgiven, so that I could have peace and joy in my heart, being led by him. Today, I'm ready to accept him as the leader of my life. If that's you, I just want to ask you to raise your hand. If that's you, you're saying, yeah, today, I'm willing to accept what Jesus did on the cross for me. Anybody? Saying yes to Jesus today for the first time. Raise your hand. I want to celebrate. Anyone? Yes, ma'am. Congratulations. Heavenly Father, above all else, uh, I just want to admit that I think, uh, on behalf of the whole congregation, I think we all struggle with fatigue. I think we all struggle with the pressure of our work life and the unpredictability of our sometimes our marriage and family life. Uh, I just, I just pray on behalf of all of us that we can learn to deny ourselves, our 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 moments of selfishness, and trust you and trust friends so that we can get better at this life and enjoy the peace and joy that comes from Jesus. Thank you for all the decisions made today. We give you all the credit. Amen.